training the complete athlete, gaining the performance edge with Coach Koss. To find out more, go to trainthecompleteathlete.com. Well, we're excited to have another outstanding guest today. Um, I'd like to introduce Angela Howard. Um, she's the director of mental health for His Heart Foundation. And one of her key jobs um, is to help break down the stigma of mental health and get people the resources they need. And Angela, you do a much better job about explaining what you do for a living and how you serve um, our local community. So I'm going to turn it over to you to tell us how you help people get access to mental health support. Yeah, Carrie, it's great to be here. I um, really just am so excited to share about what His Heart Foundation does. We serve local churches in the area of mental wellness. And a big part of my job as the director of mental health is just connecting people with counselors. And a lot of times people are afraid to um, really get out there and get connected with a counselor and they feel a little bit more comfortable um, just, you know, talking to their pastor about it. Um, actually, the National Institutes of Mental Health did a study and found that people are more likely to go to a pastor um, to seek mental health um, you know, help if they are in a crisis. And so it's, it's really something where we really wanted to narrow in on that and be able to help people to get to the appropriate, you know, counselor that they need because pastors aren't trained in mental health issues. They're trained to help um, support and uh, guide in spiritual issues. And so we want to get the people to the counselors that they need, to the specializations that they need for what they're going through. And so that's kind of our focus. And um, it's been really exciting to see the stigma kind of break down in the churches as pastors speak about it and from their uh, pulpit and get the people um, to really see that it's not something to be ashamed about. It's something to just reach out for help with. And um, it's like if you have a broken arm, you go to the doctor. If something's going on with your brain, you go and see a counselor. You go and see a psychiatrist. And it's nothing to be ashamed about. So. And two points that you brought up that are so crucial is finding the right fit. Oh, and in the world yeah. of counseling, you it, you may like somebody, but they may not be a great fit as a counselor. And I know you do uh, in-depth interviewing of counselors to find what their expertise is and even what their personality is like. And that is going to be crucial. I always say when I sit across from a client, if I'm not a fit for them, let's find somebody that is. Because if you don't feel comfortable with the person you're sitting across from, the work is not going to be as quality as it could be. So I think that is exactly. such a key factor um, in finding a quality counselor for you. And the other thing is the stigma. And coming from the world of athletics, I know growing up, we didn't go to counselors. We didn't talk about counselors. <laughs> uh, for me, when uh, my team physician said, hey, you need to go to a counselor, I was pretty resistant and and I didn't talk about it. Um, but I know for me personally, it was one of the biggest things, um, biggest godsends that I had in my life that helped me work through uh, depression after injury. And nice. so... Uh, the great thing is, is that a lot of people are finding out that this is a part of healing, not something yes. to be to be hiding from. Right. So what do you feel are some of the biggest fears that people have when thinking, OK, it's time to go do some work with the counselor? Well, I think you hit on it is first. Number one is that stigma, the stigma that somehow you're going to be labeled with this big fat diagnosis that you're going to walk around with and everyone's going to know. Um, and it really isn't about diagnosis. It's about getting on a path to healing so that you can be exactly who you were created to be. And you can be at the top of your game, whatever that is. You know, if it's with your family it is where you're struggling, if it's in your career, if it's as an athlete, 
Um, that is really what it's about. It's about finding healing. If you've been through a trauma and that, that can happen, um, as an athlete is even injuries can really be huge traumas for people. And so I think that being feeling like, oh, I'm going to be labeled. They're going to tell me that, you know, I have this mental illness and it really isn't about the labels. So I think that's a pretty big fear that people have. And then also just that sense that maybe that person who's this big professional and has all these letters behind their name is going to label them and judge them. And so, you know, I just want to reassure people that's the opposite of what a counselor does is they really come to the table with no judgment. Um, they aren't involved in your everyday lives and that's the best part. They don't have to um, come in with that kind of baggage and they don't know every crazy thing you've ever done and they don't come in like a parent does knowing you from birth, but they come to accept you right where you're at and to help you get to where you want to be. Um, I think people are also afraid of um, just opening up to maybe someone they don't know, especially if they're a private person, that's really hard. Um, but I think it just takes time. And that's where, you know, the right fit is really important is just finding someone where you connect, even like you said, on the personality basis and just having a good time um, and being just able to even sit and take a moment to breathe and say, okay, like I'm ready. I'm not being pressured but let's talk about what's holding me back. Well, I think the judgment piece is, is huge because people do feel that anything they say is going to be judged. It's one of the first things I explained to clients is that I, my ability to judge was taken away when I got my diploma <laughs> um, because as counselors, we just want to help and assist. We've heard a lot of stories. And so the judgment has just kind of drifted away. And in the world of athletics, there, there is that high level of judgment. And that's why I think it's been great that some very big athletes have finally come out and said, uh, how beneficial counseling is Michael Phelps, you know, he has more gold medals than we can count. And right. he has uh, come forward and said that he really benefited from, from mental health work. And uh, Kevin Love, who was a big time basketball player, he actually had an anxiety attack in the middle of the court. Wow. And from that and him stepping forward, every NBA team is required to have a mental health counselor on staff, I yeah. which I think is so crucial because the pressure that athletes are under is so severe that they need to have an outlet to talk to somebody that can help them work through the process that, like you say, is not uh, emotionally connected. Emotions get in the way of a lot of quality advice or just being present. Exactly. Um, and so I think that has been huge that they've been able to help destigmatize um, and show that get past the, the fear of judgment because it's the best thing you can do for yourself and for your performance. Exactly. But I think the big thing to understand too is that our mental health um, affects a lot of our lives. It affects our relationships. Uh, you know, it affects our emotions. It affects um, so much of who we are, how we move through the world. And if you're an athlete, it's going to affect how you play. And so if you are kind of hesitant to really go to a counselor, just be aware that you could be harming your game. And that is really important. Um, if you really care about um, being the best athlete that you want to be, then know that counseling is going to benefit um, your game. And I'm pretty sure that every athlete cares about being the best. So 
Go for it. Well, I always find it humorous when I get athletes for the first time. They always sit down. You can tell they're hesitant. I always ask who forced them in the door. (laughs) And they usually say, I'm here one time and I'm out. And then I usually have kids for years and um, they start to look forward to counseling because it is a time that they can just decompress Mm -hmm. and somebody can sit beside them and say, hey, I'm with you. I got this. This is so difficult. Um, And that's why I've seen such a shift of the need for having more of the sports counselor because it helps them carry all their stuff, not just their performance. And so... You know, I know for me, I I grew to look forward to counseling, to have that pause for an hour in the week um, of just being able to focus on what I needed to focus on instead of all the expectations, which is so massive in the world of athletics. So, so when you have somebody come and sit across from you and they're nervous about going to counseling, how do you describe what the counseling process looks like? Yeah, I think it's that first step is kind of getting to know the counselor. I like to tell the client that they're actually in charge. (laughs) They're the ones kind of, you know, checking the counselor out. They're going to decide it's, you know, whether they want to continue on. So if it's not a good fit, they can try someone else. It's very much like an interview. Yes, definitely. And I, you know, can even just encourage them to know that there's that sense of power that they have to, you know, be able to make that decision for themselves. I think a lot of times the problem is, is that people go into counseling in a crisis you know, the majority of the time. And so they're feeling very out of sorts and maybe don't have that sense of power. Um, but just even giving them, you know, that little pep talk that, hey, if this this isn't the right fit, come back and I'll help you find the right person, you know, and help you connect with them in a really meaningful way. And just to know that um, it takes a little time, you know, don't give up after the first session, but give it a few sessions and see if you can, you know, make that connection. And then also, um, just the process could, it could get harder before it can get better. Um, a lot of times we have to, you know, get through some things that are difficult. And I like to, uh, you know, kind of quote uh, Dr. Benson. He's a counselor um, in Portland. And I love the way that he talks about the mental health journey that it's, it, you can find a way through it. A lot of times we don't, you know, have an instant fix but he can help you to find a way through it. Counselors can help you to find a way through it. And so I think that athletes would really relate to that is that, you know, sometimes when you have an injury, it's not like, you know, when you're playing in your next game, oh, I'm going to just be feeling hundred percent better, but you're going to find a way through it so that you can keep playing. And that's what counseling is about. You find a way through it. And so that's the process is to keep going. Don't give up. And you're going to, you know, be finding that there's a greater light at the end of the tunnel and that you're going to be, you know, finding healing maybe from past hurts, but also in your present time, really getting to a better place so that you can be the best and that's version one of, of yourself. And that's one of yeah. the things I, I try to relate to clients is you have to run through the fire and it's going to be painful for a while, uh, but it's great. going to be better on the other side. Yeah. And it's scary to think about that because it's facing that pain that most of us want to avoid. And usually we can't get to the highest level of healing, the highest level of performance until we go through that fire. Right. And as I say, I can see it on clients' faces when they just look at me going, I'm not ready for this. And sometimes it takes some time to be ready. Right. You know, you can't necessarily solve everything in the first session. And so it is about building the relationship and preparing yourself to be ready to, to run through that fire. Right. And I would say that if you're not at a point of crisis, let's say you're an athlete and you don't you know, have this injury that you need to work through, or you're just, you know, trying to become a better athlete, go to counseling. Mm -hmm. 
because you're going to be able to address issues like, you know, interpersonal relationships um, with your teammates, a lot of different things that can come up so that you can become a better, you know, player. And it's going to be to your benefit even to go prior to some crisis, go before you crisis hits. Really, yeah, your crisis hits because you're going to make a ton more progress right away. You know, and there's always things that pop up in our life like, oh, that's popping up again. Oh, that's a familiar thing that I'm struggling with. Those are the things that you can address with a counselor. Well, and one of the other things is the higher level of athletics that you compete at, the more it becomes comes about the mental game and exactly. who can control their mm -hmm. mental game. You know, I always use the example of, you know, like a LeBron James. Is he crazy talented? Absolutely. But his ability to control his mind, let things go is a step above other people's. And so those mm -hmm. elite, elite athletes right. are able to manage their brain function and their anxiety and all the stresses that come into their life at a higher level. So especially if you're shooting to, you know, take the next step in your game, counseling could be very, very beneficial. That's so huge. what are some of the good things to help encourage people to pursue counseling? So lots of times, you know, I get text messages from friends that say, hey, I really want to help somebody reach out for counseling. And yeah. sometimes that seems impossible. Right. And so what are things that you can, uh, or pieces of information that can help people get loved ones or friends, whichever, to maybe take the step towards counseling? Well, I think first you need to look at if you've been seeing some like pretty big changes in your loved one. Um, it could be something as simple as just some major life changes that have happened. If they've, you know, had a move, if they've had a friend pass away or a family member pass away, if um, you're seeing that they are isolating themselves more, that's a reason to, um, you know, encourage counseling. I think um, comments, any kind of comments about suicidal ideation, um, you know, feelings of depression or anxiety. Um, I think even simple things like I'm just really not where I want to be in my life right now. A counselor can help you process through that and get to a better place where you can make some changes and, you know, get to that next step. Um, I also think it's like when you're in a place where you just feel like these issues, maybe, you know, relational issues in your life that are unhealthy and you know it, you're unhealthy, but you don't really know what to do about it. Um, or maybe you have a, the person has like a family member that has a mental illness and that's impacting them as a person. And it's a really difficult thing when you have a parent or a sibling that has a mental illness, just, you need to be with a counselor. I mean, cause that is difficult to deal with on a daily basis. Um, and I also think, you know, just finding ways to cope with, you know, especially for, you know, a lot of the athletes that you are dealing with are, you know, high school going into college or, you know, college, you know, getting, you know, looking the, at the pros, possibly. Yeah, looking mm -hmm. at the pros. It's like you need to have healthy coping mechanisms so you don't let unhealthy ones prevent you from getting to where you want to be. I would say that's probably some pretty big reasons to pursue counseling. If you're a loved one, um, it is it's that fine line of trying to, you know, kind of over meddle. <laughs> Um, and encourage. So really modeling healthy mental health for yourself is going to be a pretty big, um, you know, example for other people to realize, you know what, this is, this is really um, something that I can pursue because I watch my loved one pursue it. Um, that's probably the first step in just modeling it. 
Well, and I think that's crucial. And that's one of the reasons I've always been a very open book about my uh, experience with counseling uh, to my student athletes, because I didn't want them to think it was a negative thing right. or something to be a- ashamed of. You know, I, I went through a serious injury and, and re- early retirement and depression hit shortly after. So, you know, my first thing was, OK, I got to do something about this. And luckily, I did have a, a, a team doctor that got me to a counselor. And that was a huge thing for me to pursue the next step of my life, which was coaching. Um, Mm -hmm. and even now as a counselor, counselors need counselors. Uh, sometimes we need counselors more than anybody. Um, but I I really want to kind of go back to the concept of you saying that if you have people in your life that have mental health issues, Mm -hmm. you need to be in counseling. And, and I see a big population that I work with that falls into that category that may not be them, but being a caretaker or being part of that environment is very taxing. And especially when you're out traveling or you're away at college or you become a pro athlete and you're not as involved with the day to day, that worry and stress can really take Mm -hmm. a toll on you. And when you are focused on some other distraction, your performance is going to be secondary. And that is why it's really crucial to be able to learn how to to separate those things, to cope with things when you can't necessarily step in and change it. Um, And I think that's really crucial that people think, well, they have the mental illness. I don't need to do the work. But in some ways, I'm like, no, you probably need to do the work even more so for self-care. It's true. I, you know, I was actually just talking with, um, I was doing some life coaching yesterday, Mm -hmm. um, actually with not, not me as the life coach, but getting some life coaching. And we were talking about um, the idea that, uh, you know, I can't let someone else's mental illness hold me back from making decisions that are good for me because not in a selfish way, but what's healthy for me is also healthy for them. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that, um, not, not coming from a selfish perspective, but knowing that the, the decisions that I make um, that will be good for me will enable me to be healthy in my mind, body, spirit, um, in every way so that I am able to even be of any assistance to them. Because if I am not, you know, if I'm broken down because of, you know, poor choices or, you know, being over-functioning for that person or doing too much for someone um, that I love, then it's it's going to be out of balance. And I desperately implore people to take care of yourself. Put your mask on first, you know just like it is in the airplane, you know, put that mask on first so that you can care for others um, and really separate out uh, that, you know, kind of guilty uh, factor that kind of will come in on you even when you can't be the one to be the primary care and realize that people do need to empower themselves and step up and take care of themselves because that is going to be the best way that they can become healthy is when they do care for themselves. When you do see that in the world of athletics a lot, especially for um, individuals that may be the, the best player on the team or the captain on the team, mm-hmm. that they feel that they need to carry so much of their weight um, and they don't do anything, I always say, to fill their bucket because right. if they don't have anything to pull from, their uh, level of uh, performance is going to go down. And so they're really hurting the cause that they're chasing. Right. And so... Uh, that is why it's important to say, okay, I need to take care of myself so I can better support my team or my family or um, my friend group. And I think so much uh, of that people take as selfishness. It's not selfishness. Right. You really have to be at the best of your 
competitive level or your relational level to help support the people around you. And I, and as I say, I do see that in athletics a, yeah. a, a lot. The other thing I do see a lot in the world of athletics, as far as mental health too, is just that, um, there can be a lot of anger and a lot of frustration and those things may come back from that past trauma. And then I always say, Hey, you can't be blowing up on sports center. You know, you can't yeah. be blowing up, you know, you can't miss a putt and be, you know, happy Gilmore and be throwing things across, across the, um, the green. So right. those things are really important too, to be able to kind of control those, that anger and the traumas and the stress, because you are going to be a representative of yourself and of whatever team you are on. And one of the big things is the social media is around you everywhere. Exactly. So, so to be able to present yourself in the best light is going to be very important. And so much of what comes into the counseling room is, is anger issues mm -hmm. and what to do with them. Right. And so uh, that's another thing I would really encourage people. If you, if you're feeling like, Hey, anger's getting the best of me, it's probably time to sit down across from somebody. Right. It's coming from somewhere. I think that's, you know, it's often referred to as a secondary emotion. Mm -hmm. So what, what's causing that outbreak, you know, there's something underneath there and don't be afraid to deal with it. You know, strong people, you know, which a lot of athletes are super strong in, in their abilities and, you know, but you want to be strong mentally. So attack what is underneath there, uh, you know, bring it up and let it out, mm -hmm. let, let it out with the counselor, address those traumas maybe that have been in your past so that you can, um, you know, diffuse that anger that is often coming up. I mean, you won't be sorry. Mm -hmm. You will not be sorry that you did it because you will be so much healthier and able to be your best. Well, and the reality is, is in the world of athletics, even if you play a single sport, you rely on so many people around you and we're more than, uh, able and, and wanting to <laughs> rely on those people. I would say in my sport, you can't get an out with one person, right? Exactly. A pitcher needs a catcher, a shortstop needs a first baseman. Even in the world of golf, you rely on your caddy, your coaches, and and the mental health game is yes. just the same thing. And we all also hear a lot from athletes of, I got this, I can do it on my own. But in athletic world, we don't do anything on our own, right? Yeah. We It's almost like the more coaches and support we have, the better athlete we are. And right. so this is just another component of that support team. And that's what I really hope for the world of athletics, that that becomes a focal point instead of a, hey, we do have this person and you can go down this hall. If you want. If you want. Because yeah. I know one of the main reasons I got my um, master's in counseling is because I knew the athletes at the university I coached at wouldn't go across uh, campus to see a counselor, but they come sit on my couch. And so right. that's one of the reasons because I wanted to be a safe space. But walking across campus doesn't mean you're weak. I always say it actually shows greater courage to step up and say, I need help exactly. than weakness saying, oh, I need help. Because mm -hmm. it is hard to say that I need help. That's a hard thing to ask of oneself. Right. And I always say that shows strength, not mm -hmm. weakness. Exactly. Yeah. And I think also, you know, a lot of athletes are dealing with chronic pain and they don't really speak up about it. Um, they're, you know, of this mentality. Well, I'll, I just have to suck it up and I'm just going to deal with it. Um, but there is so much in the mental aspect of dealing with chronic pain that the benefit of seeing a counselor, if you are an athlete with chronic pain, is monumental. <laughs> yeah, and I think you could speak to that, Carrie. Yeah, and uh, actually, both Angela and I uh, struggle with chronic yes. pain. <laughs> uh, mine did come from the world of athletics, uh, and I started struggling with chronic pain at 19 years old, and I'm now 41, so it's been uh, more than two decades. And so one of my big focuses is working with athletes with chronic pain, um, 
because even when we retire, the damage that we've done to our body is is pretty much set in stone. And yeah. so much of the mental game is dealing with stress and anxiety because stress and anxiety only makes things worse in when it comes to chronic pain. You yes. know, the nervous system is all con connected to the brain and pain from trauma or stress is the same as pain from actual injury. Right. And so um, that is one thing that people don't really make the connection between chronic pain and the mental side uh, of health. But I know for me, I've literally had to restructure how I look at life and deal with stress in order to manage chronic pain to continue to, to do my life. And so that's one of the things athletes um, don't don't really understand. And to be honest, lots of times when they deal with trainers, they think that that that's can be an answer. Trainers mm -hmm. are trained in so many things and can be helpful beyond belief. I can never thank my trainers in my life enough but they don't necessarily have the background to help you with this portion of it. And so I go back to the mental health is the holistic, yes. that the last piece of the holistic journey of being the best athlete, the best performer um, that you can be. And one of the things that we have found is a lot of athletes will use substances and fall yes. into substance abuse to deal with their chronic pain exactly. um, instead of dealing with it with a healthy way. And the last thing we want to see is athletes going down that path and right. destroying what their futures could be when a simple step into maybe a counseling office can set them on a better direction. Exactly. So I think that's yeah. really crucial in the world of athletics for sure. Well, and I think too, sometimes people feel like, well, I fixed the problem. You know, I, I had the surgery, I did the thing, I've done all of the physical therapy and I'm still in pain. That's where, you know, you feel like, okay, like what, now what, what am I supposed to do? You know? Mm -hmm. And that's, Counseling is a huge part of that because you may have fixed the the problem according to the the MRI or the you know the X-ray, but your body has still held on to it. Held on to it, your body still has this that trauma, mm -hmm. and so you're going to be triggered by like what you said by stress and anxiety. And I don't think that anybody is free in this world of stress and anxiety. It's going to happen. Um, I don't. You know, unless maybe a monk up in, the, you know, Tibet, <laughs> Tibetan mountains is going to be pretty zen. But um, I think all of us experience that. And so, you know, learning how to cope with that and find a way through it, like I said before, is really what the counseling can give you. And so um, don't keep it inside because um, that's, again, where the anger ends up coming out um, in a case like that. Well, one of the, the other main things that athletes really struggle with with the, the mental health game is identity. And mm. we all retire. We all end. It could yeah. be when you're 40 and you finally roll out of the NBA or it's right after high school or it's an injury in college. We all retire. And exactly. nobody really talks about that because we all feel we're uh, indestructible <laughs> and that we're going to play forever. Um, I know I was that type of kid and, and most of the athletes I work with are, are that. And so much of who we are is based around our sport. I always say when I introduce myself, my first instinct is always say I'm a coach. I'm an athlete, even though there's roles in my life that are much more uh, significant, you know, mother, uh, wife, those type of things. Yeah. And so lots of us struggle with the transition out of our sport, no matter what the cause is. And, and one, this rang very true to me. I was, um, in LA with my daughter, we were, uh, it was a Harry Potter trip to universal and we get in an Uber and my daughter and I were talking about athletics and the driver turned around and he said he'd been, uh, had played at Cal. And I was like, that's awesome. One of my good friends played at Cal. And so we kind of started talking about it and he talked about his journey and he was 41 years old driving an Uber and still had not gotten past the fact that he was no longer a student athlete. Yeah. 
That's how strong of a hold identity in athletics is. And so when you do get to that point of, hey, I'm going to be looking towards transitioning. I even start when when kids are freshmen in high school saying, who are you outside of sport? This Mm -hmm. will come to an end. How can we help build that identity? And I know for, for me personally, that was a huge part of the work to realize I am more than a sport. My sport is what I do. It's not who I am. Right. And I see that in uh, so many athletes. I remember all the seniors when they would come through and this look of panic on their face of, what now? I don't know what to yeah. do now. Right. And you'll see people struggle into their 30 and 40s, not knowing what the next step needs to be right. or who they are. And so I think that's crucial work that that counselors can help with or even life coaches, as I say, they yeah. really can help. Um you look out at the bigger picture of your life instead of the the athletic part of our life, which does get to be such a, kind of a tunnel vision view. Exactly. And it allows us to help transition into the real world, I guess, yeah. world of without uh, outside of sport in a much healthier manner. Yeah, that's so true. I think many people deal with identity and, you know, kind of wearing those labels. We We all wear different labels at different times, different hats, I guess, so to speak. But those can change who we are as a person. Our core identity is what can remain the same. And so really being able to identify that as, you know, as a created child of God, that stays the same, you know, and that doesn't have to change. And being that, having that as your center is really going to make a big difference. Absolutely. So this is a lot of information and a lot of reasons why you should pursue counseling. But as somebody that has gone through it myself, uh, somebody that provides it for other athletes, I think it's an act, an absolute vital um, support for uh, athletes as they try to perform at a higher level, as they try to grow as as their individual self, as they learn ways to transition into a world without sport. And the big thing is, is to getting past that fear of judgment or the stigma that comes with it. You know, counseling has become much more of a commonplace. It's not as much of a secretive thing. And as athletes, we need to embrace that and know that for us, training our brains is just as vital as training our overall body. And even if somebody gives us a hard time, you know that by you going to counseling, you're going to get the leg up in your performance. And that is what so many of us are chasing um, in the world of athletics. So, Angela, I want to thank you for your time and your insight, because I think this is probably the most crucial component of the world of mental health is getting past that first step and walking to a counselor's office. And as I say, so many people say it's going to be one time and then by you know the end of the month, they can't wait to see their counselor. So hopefully you will reach out to whatever resources are in your local area. Um, one of the other things that I always tell is the national um, website of Psychology Today will help can help guide you no matter where you're at. Also with telehealth, it makes things a lot simpler. So uh, one bonus of COVID, I guess, that yeah. is is opening the doors of, of telehealth, especially if you're a traveling athlete and you need to talk to somebody on the road, uh, look into those options as, as well. Um, and just know that there's always somebody to help you uh, through whatever struggle to get to the best level of performance. So Angela, once again, thank you for your time yeah, and, your ins- and your insight into how we can better support, uh, support the mental health of our student athletes. Yeah.